Hello everyone, we're thinking about Paul's letter to the Philippians and this is part 10. In chapter 3 and verse 20 it says this, Our conversation, and the word really is citizenship, our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, and the word really is body of humiliation, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Philippi, as you probably know, was a Roman colony, and its inhabitants would have been extremely proud of their Roman citizenship. In fact, Paul himself was a Roman citizen, and on one occasion was being scourged unlawfully and said so. As a result of which, the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, are you a Roman? And he said, Yes, I am. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. But Paul said unto him, I was freeborn. You see, he was born in Tarsus, which was a Roman city, the capital actually of Cilicia, which was part of the Roman Empire. However, Paul says, even though that's a great privilege to be a Roman citizen, we believers have an infinitely greater honour, and that is, we are citizens of heaven. And there's more, far more. We're awaiting our Saviour's return, who's not only going to take us to heaven, but he's going to change these bodies of humiliation and make them like his own body of glory, fit and suited to that heavenly home and that eternal realm. In chapter 1 and verse 23, he says, I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He says it's very, very, very far better than our lives here on earth. There's an old hymn, I don't know whether you remember Jim Reeves, some of you older ones will have done, uh, and one of his songs goes like this. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. That's the sentiments, really, of us Christians. In chapter 3 and verse 14, he goes on to say, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's ambitious with every fibre of his being to serve his Saviour well until that day comes. The upcalling on high of God in Christ Jesus, what we would call the rapture. In my youth, there used to be a criticism aimed at Christians, which I confess I've not heard recently. You're too heavenly minded to be of any earthly use. Well, I believe it's actually exactly the opposite to that. Maybe the reason we don't hear it much now is that we Christians aren't as heavenly minded as our forebears were. But certainly Paul's mind was completely taken up with the future and what he, by the grace of God, to do of eternal value here and now. And that ought to be our exercise. What can we do that will have eternal value? You see, he's reminding them that there's a day of review coming and he speaks about it several times. Chapter 1 and verse 6, He which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What God had begun in them when they first believed will be brought to completion and perfection in the day of Jesus Christ. The completeness of salvation and redemption will be fully known and in, eternally enjoyed. 
That day, of course, is when Jesus comes that we've mentioned before. In chapter 1 and verse 10, he says, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offence until the day of Christ. He reminds them that their lives now need to be lived in the light of that day, by approving, that is examining, and only going in for things that have real value, not the empty, valueless and often contaminating things of this world around us. But also to be sincere, transparent that is, non-hypocritical. The word was actually used in connection with people who put wax into cracks in pottery in order to get a better price for them. And it could only be recognised and known by holding it up to the sunlight. Sometimes, you know, we need to hold our lives and the things that we do and the motives that control, hold them up to the heavenly sunlight, so to say, and say with the psalmist, search me, O God, and know my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In chapter 4 and verse 17, he says, I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Well, we spoke about that on a previous occasion. Their sacrificial giving was going to be rewarded in that coming day of divine assessment. In chapter 4 and verse 1, he says, My brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown. He reminds the believers that they were both his present joy, the cause of immense happiness to him, but also his future crown, him having had the privilege of being the means of them hearing and believing the message of the gospel and continuing to care for them, even from a prison cell in a Roman jail. I have to say what a privilege now and crown of rejoicing then it is for God to use us, to use me. I long for it in the work of salvation in other people. But Paul looks even beyond the rapture and the judgment seat of Christ to that which I believe is the greatest and most longed for thing in the heart of a true believer, the day of Christ's glory. Paul says to Timothy, unto all them that love his appearing. I long for the day, I must confess, I long for the day when the Lord Jesus will be vindicated before all, heaven, earth and hell, in the very world where he was crucified and put to an open shame. What a day. God has designed that. And this is what it says in chapter 2. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God is going to glorify his Son in the very scene where he was crucified. So as we consider these things, can I suggest, dear Christian listener, that there are at least two things that we can do about the past in view of the future. Number one, rightly and honestly assess it. And if there are things, shall I say regrettable, Seek both the forgiveness of God and do everything we can to rectify our mistakes, our misdemeanours or perhaps the hurt and damage we've caused to others by our actions or reactions. In other words, have a real heart 
searching. Two, learn from the past and seek the Lord's grace and help not to repeat similar behaviour and live in the present with an eye on the future accountability in that coming day of review. Finally, but really importantly, to any unsaved, unbelieving person listening today, what does the future hold for you, my dear friend? Let those, that question sink deep into your ears and into your hearts today, because there is a Saviour waiting to save. God bless his word to you.